Welcome back, travelers. When last you were here, I recounted the fledgling beginnings of the wolves of Moonreach and their earliest adventure as children in the village of Moonreach. Yeah, and you made us wait long enough to hear the rest. I'm sorry. Well, good stories take time. Well, I've been waiting for, what, a a week? A a month? It's been four days. Well, it's felt like eternity. Well, I should feel comforted in the fact that I can weave such a wonderful tale that you are chomping at the bit to hear more of it. Well, get on with it then. As I was saying... Uh, if you recall, the group encountered the initial threads of fate that would launch them forward into the powerhouse group that would later rescue the entirety of Veldalin, if not the world, from assured destruction. Now I shall relay another chapter in their storied lives. After the night in the cave, the wolves had a stronger grasp of the types of individuals they would eventually become. This knowledge resided within them, even if it was not yet to the surface as yet. However, as you will learn, they soon found use for their exceptional skill sets as they were accosted by a great and feverish enemy. However, let us set the stage, shall we? The wolves did indeed enjoy themselves at the Lineage Festival. In fact, if I recall correctly, Gorbel was able to procure some ale from an unwatched cask, and the group of them got so drunk they all vowed to never imbibe again. I've been there. Of course, much like everyone else, it was an easily compromised oath. Months passed with little difference in their lives. However, as autumn arrived, a new external threat reared its malicious head. Well, what is it this time? War. Oh. With such a shake-up in the leadership of the nation, the neighboring nation of Rothia appeared to believe it was an opportune time to stretch their banners and rattle their spears. Skirmishes broke out, and on the third day of autumn in the year 368 CD, the first official battle of the newly minted rothia Veldalin conflict began. It was in Darkreach to the west, and only a few weeks south of Moonreach. It became known as the Dashing of Darkreach, such was its destruction. Though the village was believed to be safe from the onset of such grim tidings, the able adults of Moonreach began preparations for a fight. It was the first of many, though most that followed were not so bloody. Veldalin assembled its armies and began protecting their borders from Rothia quite expertly. However, an unfortunate slew of events began, not wholly unrelated to the war with Rothia. On the 22nd day of summer in 369 CD, Princess Esseldartella, called Dart, just 14 years old, was killed when an assassin entered Arngrim Castle in Deepminster. Her crown guard protector, Broomwraith Ashenpaddle, was killed attempting to rescue her. It was said that when they found him, it was as though he was rent from head to heel with a sword blade. A little over a year later, in 370 CD, Prince Venelothus II, called Othus, 
was killed by a volley of arrows from enemy forces in the underfields near Goldenwood. This family just can't win. They just cannot, and it continues, unfortunately. A few weeks later, during Frost, Princess Cloendella, or Della, was attacked en route to Roselake. She, her entourage, and her crown guard protector, Agar Strongbow, were presumed to be among the carnage of the bodies left behind. I had a feeling that was how it was going to end for her. Then, shortly afterward, during the first snowfall of winter, King N was killed in one-on-one -on -one combat with an unknown individual on the battlefield. The crown passed to the only remaining member of their family, Crown Prince Gustav Leuf Arngrim XII, only three years old. I have a hunch about his fate, and it's, it's, it's grim. Well, he was called Gustav the Grim. Is that because he was always grim, grimming? A council of influential nobles was then established in the capital to watch over the young king and to run the regency until he was to come of age. In Moonreach, it became more and more difficult for the able-bodied adults to ignore the threat that Rothian interference posed upon their lives. In spring of 371, a royal conscriptor arrived in Moonreach and brokered the names of those adults that would volunteer to join the fight. There were very few who willingly went along, though among them was Beldan. The children, who would become the wolves, knew that he had spent many nights more and more secluded, and his personality was no longer the cocksure roguish youth, but one of severe resolve. I still don't trust him, and this makes me trust him a little bit less. Well, you know, when duty calls and all that. He left with just a handful of others, but before he left, he told his friends that if he was correct in his assumption, they would be unable to stay out of the conflict for long. He believed that the able adults would soon be drafted, and his friends would be the last line of defense if the war came to their doorstep. But those are just kids. Well, if all that remains are children, then all that remains to fight Well, they, the they're not letting that little boy king run, run shit, so why are they going to let little kids fight wars? You know, that's a very interesting point. I get it. It's, it's a class thing. He was right. Only a few months later, the children found another royal conscriptor returning to their village handing out rites of conscription to the vast majority of the adults. Gorm and Bergamot Ironfist, as well as their sons, Rast and Roma, were drafted, leaving Tomar and Gorbel to take over for them, with Tomar tending his father's gem shop and his mother's healing house, while Gorbel took over for the brothers at the Swan and Kobold Tavern. Two little kids took on three full-time jobs? Well, at this point they were in their mid-teens, so it's, it's a little bit more understandable. I just think that's not very fair, robbing these kids of their youth. Violet Wilkins, too, left, and Smoozog was charged with being the chief ranging member of the village in her stead. Legaya, Lewin and Willem's mother, left with them, and Willem took over the stables while Lewin's father left to ask for the aid of his elven brethren in the Blood Forest. This left Lewin in the official Chamberlain position in place of her father. 
Very few adults remained in the village, save for Bort the bartender, Fennec the stable hand, and Sharon the blacksmith, who were strangely absent from the town records when the conscriptor arrived. However, not long afterward, Bort left the village saying he needed to procure something to aid the village, and left Gorbel in complete charge of the tavern. He never returned. Big surprise. Things repositioned into a new normal for a time. That was until the following spring, before the year 372 had hardly had a moment to take root, the village of Moonreach learned quite terribly that many of the adults who had left had been killed. Gorm, Bergamot, Violet, and Ligaya had been cut down in battle. Tomar's brothers Rastadan and Roma were also presumed dead. This was a terrible blow for the children, now solely in charge of the village, especially in watching those younger than them. Smoochie took up this mantle, intending to raise them to be warriors capable of defending their home. However, in early summer, a large force of Rothian invaders taking advantage of the bulk of Veldalinian efforts concentrating on the coats, were able to slip into the realm and began sacking small hamlets and villages along the Dragontail River through the Midlands. This would one day be called the Midland Massacre. As town after town was raised, refugees fled further and further north, many arriving in Moonreach. The village was transformed into a wartime hospital with a majority of the town devoted to housing the injured. Oh, let me guess, these kids were running that hospital too. Well, I... yes, they were. Nurse Gorble over there. The children knew that it would not be long before the war reached them. And I bet they're going to have to fight this war single-handedly. Well, if you know anything of history, that seems quite likely. They knew they needed to take care of those who needed them as best as possible first. In autumn, a contingency of Rothian soldiers arrived at Moonreach's gates one morning. Led by one calling himself Cyan Farlight, he demanded to speak to the town leadership. Lewin wanted to meet with them alone, but Tomar, Gorbel, Willem, and Smoochie joined her at the gates. Cyan Farlight explained to them that there were soldiers among their wounded that needed to be brought to justice. He promised that if they gave them the rogue warriors, they would leave their village alone. However, he warned that if they did not do so, they would not leave anyone alive within and sack the entire town. After an interesting back and forth, where the children 100% called him Cyan Fartlight, Cyan told them that he would give them until nightfall to make a decision. I'm just gonna say you don't show up with a name like that and argue with a bunch of kids. Yes, that was unwise. He should have chosen a moniker of some kind. Perhaps Cyan Nearlight. No? Okay, well, I'll just- I'll stick to pre-written stories, <laughs> not go off script here so much. Um, anyway, uh, he, he said uh, they would have until nightfall to make a decision, and it would be wise to have the soldiers ready for them before they returned. Afterward, the children debated what to do. However, after Smoochie suggested speaking to some of the refugees, they learned that the Rothians who had approached the other towns had offered the same terms, and then attacked the villagers anyway. 
whether they gave up soldiers or not. Wow, these other towns are just giving up these men and women? I suppose so. In times of war, it's hard to know. In, well, in times of war, you're supposed to pick one side. Perhaps they were not martial and thought that it was their best avenue. Well, these kids aren't going to do that. No, right? I, I, I guess you'll have to see. So the children planned. They knew they did not have the firepower of the army, especially with a town full of mostly children. But they knew the town better than their foes, and they figured they could use that to their advantage. Some of the soldiers mentioned to the children that there were reportedly a group of warriors in the forests of the Midland Wilds to the north of the village. At least they had heard rumors of this. So the children decided someone had to try and find them if they were going to stand any chance of a fight. Smoochie agreed to go search for them as he knew the woods best of all of them. Before he left, he gave his orders to the younger children who had been training and inspired them with a speech telling them to do what they could to defend the town. Then he left. The others devised what they could possibly do. There were only a handful of soldiers well enough to participate in a fight and most of the adult refugees were not martial in any capacity. Jalen and his two cronies, Lars and Ulf, said that they would help, though the group was suspicious. Tensions had never been higher than they were now between the two groups, and so Jalen was tasked with bringing the refugees and extremely young to his home in the south of town to protect them. This, however, turned out to be a terrible mistake. In the meantime, a decision was made. They would lure the soldiers into the tavern where they would set the place ablaze. However, during the course of the discussion, Gorble suggested they use the alcohol to create what she coined Moonreach Cocktails to pepper the soldiers from the rooftops. Further discussion led the children to decide to intentionally break the tanks inside the tavern used for brewing and hopefully turn the insides into an inferno. They coated the interior with the remaining alcohol they had not prepared for their firebombs and got into position just as the sun was coming down. Maybe Vandalin should have put these kids on the front lines? They, they seem to have devised quite a, an ingenious tactic. It was decided that Lewin would lead the soldiers to the tavern where Gorbel would be ready to set the fires. Tomar and Willem would be on the roof with the others ready to start raining hell on the soldiers. Dozens of children and the future wolves lined the roofs just as the retinue of Rothian soldiers strolled into Moonreach. Lewin explained to Cyan Farlight that the soldiers had been rounded up inside the tavern. Cyan, naturally suspicious, told Lewin to enter first, and he would enter behind her. Lewin agreed and opened the door. Now I just have to pause for one second. I, I'm more of a lover than a fighter, but I do have to say that the image of a bunch of little kids performing an act of war is pretty fucking cute. <laughs> yes, wartime children is uh, especially endearing. Just their little hands throwing those little explosives. Yes, perhaps someone should pen a children's novel. Are, are you talking about me? I mean, the, the idea, the seed... Is it within you? So perhaps, yes, you can take that. Call it. Children of war. No. Warring ch- No. Hmm. Fighting kids. But that's a bit confusing. It sounds like someone is is fighting a child. Fighting kids. Colon. Wartime children. 
Uh, fa- fair enough. <clears throat> With your cute little hands. <laughs> a memoir. <laughs> Just as Cyan drew close to the threshold, Lewin bolted through the tavern and into the back room with the tanks. Then she dove through the open window just as Gorba was throwing the Moonreach cocktail through a different window from a safe distance. Cyan, seeing Lewin flee and smelling the alcohol, turned to run. That was when something unexpected happened. The children had expected the tavern to go up in flames, ideally killing some of the soldiers who would be trapped inside. However, they misjudged the flammability of the open hatch of the vats, and so the tavern exploded. Cyan was instantly vaporized by the blast, and Gorbel and Lewin were slightly injured, only saving themselves by the distance they were at. That was when the rest of the village acted. They hurled their Moonreach cocktails down from above, and those with bows fired flaming arrows at them. It seemed as though all was victorious, until the children noticed something else. What? Darkness had fallen. And from the void, lights began to appear. Torchlight. Hundreds of torches began to march on the village. This was indeed a very oh-shit moment for the children. Soldiers, Rothian soldiers, descended on the town and began setting fire to the buildings. The denizens of Moonreach escaped from their rooftop perches and ran. It was absolute chaos. During all of this... Smoochie had made a grievous error. In his efforts to find the merely rumored soldiers in the wood, he encountered a group of Rothian scouts that attacked on sight. He was able to rebuff some of them, but they outnumbered him and surrounded him. Oh, Smoochie. Suddenly, from the forest, several shapes appeared. Vines grew up around the enemies, and gale-force winds battered them as the specters began weaving magic, rescuing Smoochie from certain death. Once the foes were defeated, he turned to thank his saviors, but they were gone. He moved on until he saw fire in the distance and heard a loud explosion. Then, abandoning his quest, he raced back toward the village. That was when he ran smack dab into the warriors he was looking for. Back in Moonreach, the children had escaped from the main force, but several outliers were pursuing them. They fought off those that had gotten too close, but more arrived, and they were very clearly stronger. Twenty soldiers carrying all manner of armaments closed in on them, and the group could see even more soldiers close behind. Just as they were preparing to go down in a blaze of glory, the smithy doors burst open, and two forms marched out. Sharon, the blacksmith, her remaining arm hefting a massive warhammer, strode into the center of the road, and behind her was Fennec, the stable hand. The large man's long black hair whipped in the wind, a long black sword gripped loosely in his hands. He turned to the children, his eyes hard as flint. Go to the Grimhold estate, he said with otherworldly calmness. Jalen has snuck soldiers in from the south. We'll take care of this. Then... Wait, 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 wait. Jalen snuck the Rothian soldiers in? Correct. What is his problem? This is his hometown. These are his people. I do not deem to know the true nature of an individual like Jalen. 
But, spoilers, he gets his. Well, good. Then Fennec and Sharon nodded to one another and faced off against the massive force bearing down on them. The children raced away, jumping over fences and trudging through yards as they beat a path toward Grimhold Estate. There, the survivors of the village, the wounded soldiers, and the refugees were surrounded by another group of Rothians, with Jalen at their side. Ulf and Lars looked furious, but were not surrounded. They seemed very unhappy with the state of events. The children attacked mercilessly, cutting down the soldiers as quickly as they could. Just as they were turning to take care of Jalen, another group of Rothian officers arrived. This force was too large for the children to deal with on their own. Fortunately, it was at that moment they heard a loud and terrific scream of pure rage and fury. Smoochie smashed through the line of soldiers from behind, his hatchet in his hand. This prompted the children to attack as well. Then they were joined by another party. Magical energy danced in the air as magic missiles plummeted upon the soldiers, a seven-foot-tall dragonborn appearing from nothing and casting spells at reckless abandon. Then the tiny form of a halfling woman in full armor barreled into the line, slicing and stabbing with her sword. Before anyone could make sense of the new chaos, a massive form appeared, a five-foot sword in its grasp. Beldan, in all of his fury, descended on the soldiers like a storm of death, dispatching the remaining assailants with ease. The large force of Rothians dispersed, seeing that they were outnumbered. The remaining town folk also realized that Jalen and his ilk had disappeared with them. Beldan explained that he and his companions, May Firebrand and Aro the Mage Slayer, had been dispatched near Darkreach and had heard of a forthcoming attack on the Midlands and wanted to ensure the safety of Beldan's friends. As the fires raged, the group came to the consensus that they could no longer remain in Moonreach their home lost to the battle, and no one to man the proverbial ship. The next day, Beldan offered his friends an opportunity. They could come with him and join a specialized group within the Veldalinian army. Lewin, Smoochie, and Willem agreed. However, Tomar and Gorbel, feeling as though the war would get worse before it got better, decided to go their own way agreeing to lead the surviving members of the village to Siltide, a few days' ride from Moonreach. As they picked through the ruined village, they stumbled upon a scene, a literal tower of dead Rothian soldiers, piled high on top of one another, beneath which the dead and lifeless forms of Sharon and Fennec. Ew. They had taken many, many soldiers with them on their way out. As they made their own way out, Willem noticed a glimmer in the ashes of Mare Gleave on Feicher's ruined manor. From the rubble, he pulled the village talisman, the lineage stone of Moonreach. The children, however, would see one another again much sooner than they thought. And that is it for tonight's tale. What did well, you think? How much sooner? Well, I suppose you'll have to stick around to find out. 
I'm, are, are they going to clean this up? Are they just going to leave all this mess? It kind of sounds like they're leaving the mess. Oh. Well, this was... This was heavy. This was heavy. However, the next chapter starts to brighten a bit more. We'll learn a bit more about the wolves and find out some of their more fabulous features and some of the items that they procured early on in their adventures. Ones that helped save the day at the end of their adventure. Do we get to see any more war kids? We will indeed in a future chapter. Okay. War kids is, is, is the line with which to draw you in? Well, I just think it's cute. <laughs> Alright, well that does it for tonight. Stick around for next time when we will learn what happens to the wolves in their reconvening and getting together again in the city of Ravenmoor. You know, I'm just... My ass is just chapped over that Jalen shit. Well, as I said, he'll get his, but you'll have to return to me next time to find out a little bit more of this story. I'll be back, and I hope he gets slapped right upside the head. Oh, I think you'll be quite pleased with how it turns out. Fine. I'll see you then. See you then. And good night, all. that because he was always grim grimming (laughs) (laughs) a council of influential nobles was then established in the capital to watch over the young king and to run the regency until he was able to come of age why are you looking at me like that like what <clears throat> a council <clears throat> a council of influential individuals fuck <laughs>